to Nobody Asked for This, a diet culture takedown. This is episode two, where we talk about instances of diet culture within pop culture. We name our favorite snacks and movement, and we interview exceptional guests. We're so glad you're here. I'm Megan. I'm Kendra. Welcome, and thanks for tuning in. Can you even believe that we're going to go see Lizzo in September? I cannot. It doesn't seem real. It seems like a dream I had. And it was a dream I had. And now it's going to come to fruition. Yeah. I cannot believe we got tickets. There were... I got in the queue... Like, as soon as you could get in the queue, 10 minutes before tickets went on sale. Mm-hmm. And when they finally put me in line to go and buy tickets, I was like 1300 Wow. <laughs> it's like, it's absolutely going to be sold out. They're not going to have any tickets. And guess what? There were tickets, and we got to them. We got tickets. We are so excited for this. I just can't tell you. I think I'm not somebody who, like sees a performer and like cries immediately. Uh-huh. But I think that might I think I will be so overcome with joy. Yeah. <laughs> that might happen. I think so too. And I'm and I'm already thinking about what outfit I'm gonna wear. Ooh, what are you gonna wear? I don't know, but I really want one of the tour jackets. I don't know if those are like for people to buy or if it's just for the people on tour, but I really want one. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like that might be just for the crew. No, they just say Lizzo's Cause I Love You tour, 2019. Well, actually, Kendra, you could make that. You do so. Yeah, I'm not like bomber jacket good. <laughs> well, how about a cape? Maybe I should make Lizzo a cross stitch and see if I can get it to her. <gasps> Down with diet Of culture. Sasha. Oh, yes. Tell everyone who Sasha is. Sasha is her flute. Because that she murders when she plays. Lizzo is a classical musician. Amazing. <laughs> she is like a virtuosic flute player. Would you say she's unreal? Yeah. She's like a, she's like a for real trained classical musician yeah. who raps and twerks, and it's amazing. And if you want to experience a real mind blowing thing. Go to HBO and watch the Two Dope Queens special that has Lizzo as a guest on it. Um, In the middle of this episode, she plays the flute, incredibly, I might add, while twerking. Can I, you want to guess how many times I've watched just that segment of that show? 17. A whole lot. Yeah. It brings me so much joy. I love it so much. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, and also Phoebe Robinson and Jessica Williams, like, come on. Oh, yeah, like, incredible. Anyway, we're so glad that you're here listening to our second episode, and we hope you enjoy. (music) 
We want to provide a trigger warning for this episode, specifically in the upcoming segment called Shut the Fuck Up. We name specific types of eating disorders and discuss some of those behaviors, in particular anorexia. And then later on in our interview portion, our guest names some diets that she's been on. We know that this can be triggering for some people, and if you think it might be, take care of yourself and skip over that stuff. But listen to the other stuff if you want. We also want to take a moment just to have a disclaimer that neither Megan nor I are qualified to give any medical or mental health advice. And this podcast is strictly for informational and hopefully entertainment purposes only. It's time for Shut Shut the the Fuck fuck up. Up! Where we take a deep dive into examples of diet culture in pop culture. Today, we are talking about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Is that the original? The Beverly Hills? Who's the original? Orange County? Yeah. Okay. And then New York? Yeah. Okay. Just, you know, clarify. I can tell you the whole timeline. Um, (laughs) Season 9, Episode 2. If you're not familiar with Real Housewives... Which I'm not, obviously. ...of Beverly Hills, it's a show where rich white women um, get in friendship fights. (laughs) That might be the best way to describe that I've ever heard in my life. Get in friendship fights. Yeah. This is a really complicated show. I have a true love for all the Real Housewives, um, and I justify it by saying that it is a study in sociology. Um, Anyway, what I want to talk about that happened on this episode, this episode is chock full of diet culture. It's just, it's weird. It's so many mixed messages, and I thought it was super interesting. So a character named Teddy, who is actually John Cougar Mellencamp's daughter, John Mellencamp is her dad? Yeah. Wow. She is now a, she calls herself an accountability coach. Okay. And she's talking about her history and how she moved out to LA because she wanted to be an actor. And her agent told her that she needed to lose weight. And of course, this was very upsetting to her. And she said that she um, gained like 200 pounds after that um, and was you know, doing a lot of unhealthy things in her words. Um, then she went on to become an accountability coach, as I said. Oh, during the, before she became a coach, she said food was all I cared about, which is interesting to hear because food is one of the only things that she talks about. I think she's super boring on the show. But anyway, to say that, oh, when I was a big, when I was in a bigger body, food was all I cared about. When, like, all she talks about now is, like, planning out her meals. And clearly she's obsessing about food all the time. Right, right. And that she's actually eating it. Um, Another thing that she says is, if you don't practice what you preach, you're a complete fraud. I mean, yes, like, let's not be hypocrites. But, like, in the world of fitness Right, but also it's like, yeah. Talk about shame. Okay, later on in the episode, we're with Lisa Rinna, star of... Many different soaps. One of the soaps. <laughs> uh, married to Harry Hamlin. And her... Whoever her, that is. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> it's a scene with her daughter named Delilah. And her daughter's talking about um, having anorexia. And this is a quote. She says, literally every single one of my friends, and I'm sure every single one of your friends, they think about how many calories they're consuming in a day. 
when they sit down for a meal, they look at the bread basket and think, holy shit. And then her mom says, we all do. So just like the fear that she's talking about, it was a really rare, like real moment where I was like, yes, Delilah. I'm never usually saying yes to any people right. on this show. Then Lisa Rinna says, I never had anorexia. <laughs> Am I? And do I have to be aware of my weight and what I look like? Of course. It was just weird that maybe she had to make that announcement about it. Yeah. Then her daughter went on to say that when she had anorexia, quote, no matter how many deaths anorexia causes, no matter how much blindness, how much hair loss, all I cared about was the skinniness. And I just thought, wow, yeah, like, that's the thing, isn't it? It's not, a, it's not about health. It's about skinniness. Right. And the power and the privilege that, that brings. Right. Then she goes on to talk about these videos that she watches, Delilah. And they're YouTube videos of people eating food. And the video that showed in the episode is a fat woman eating food. And she just, she, this is a part of like how she, it's a part of her treatment. It seems like, like she'll stop, she'll sit and watch these videos and pan over to Lisa Rinna watching her watch these videos. She looks super uncomfortable. And all I could think when I saw that was this poor girl has to go to YouTube to see normal eating model yeah. models. Yeah, like, wow. Yeah, and just seeing the uncomfort on Lisa Rinna's face, and I'm not trying to diagnose her, like, right, who knows right, right, right. what's, what's going, on? going on there, but it was so clear to me that, like, she was not seeing this at home. No. She, she had to go somewhere else to see that. Right. Um, then later, later on in the episode, Erica Jane Girardi comes into a party, sees Lisa Renna and says, look at you. You're like minuscule. No, it's fab. So it's just like this weird bag of constant mixed messages and like, no, we don't want it to be about how we look, but it's always about how we look. Right, right. So this has been Shut, Shut the, the Fuck, fuck Up. up. This episode has been brought to you by all the bars at Kroger. From the salad bar, to the wing bar, to the olive bar, and the wine bar. Gabby Fresh's swim line. Bralettes with big boobs in mind. And our favorite Lizzo song, Fitness. Cause I don't do it for you. Pratt, like Chris Pratt, but the me. It. Do you get that question a lot? <laughs> Actually, it related? was just in the last year or so that I remembered that he existed and I should make that connection. Yeah. <laughs> people would remember my name. Yeah. But do people ask you if you're related to him a lot? I, I can no. imagine that would get old. No? no? I don't know. I don't think so. Are you? No. <laughs> <laughs> One, did I ask you two? Are you related? Well, Not to since, my knowledge. Since nobody else asks you, I will. We're going to ask. Oh, okay. He has the tough, the heart. Journalism is our goal for this podcast. Perfect. I get asked a lot about because my last name's Crabtree about the teacher from and Evelyn. 
<laughs> you can ask about Evelyn. Where's Evelyn? I used to when that store was a thing and anyone cared about it. Is that a thing Evelyn still? I think it does still know. exist. But no, about the teacher from the, the Little Rascals. Apparently her name was Miss Crabtree. And I wanted to be like, come on, folks. So what Fictional you? character. <laughs> is it like, are you related? Oh, like Miss Crabtree from the Fox, the whatever the show is. And I was like, sure. I don't. What does that matter at all, though? I mean, it's like what not even a real person. Anyway, that's stupid, but here we are. It was a great story. Well, Amy Crab. Um, so we're just going to start with talking about your body timeline. It's something that I think we kind of want to ask each of our guests about. And what that means to us is um, when you were growing up, did you have food rules? How did your family deal with food? What were your sort of like feelings and thoughts about your body? Did you move? Did you enjoy movement? You know. All the things. All very, the things. very vague. <laughs> um, well, I recently found something that I wrote in fourth grade. Oh, I know. That's <laughs> that, amazing. No, it's amazing. That was something to the effect of, um, this is your summer. Like, be good. Stay on your diet. And like, this is the summer that... You know we're gonna change everything, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, poor this, like, baby Amy." Yeah, like nine or ten, yeah. Oh. Which now I'm learning is actually a pretty common time for people to start hating their bodies, which is so mm-hmm. sad. Like you should be worried about so many other things than that. Yeah. Um, so my mom, she struggled a lot with her own body image, and so um, obviously I picked up on that and. Um, we dieted together a lot. Mm. The parents cool that, that diet together stay together, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this, yeah. You dieted with your mom or with your whole family? Um, I remember it being more like me and my mom. Mm. Um, so she obviously was just trying to save me from the cruel world that is mm. our world. Yeah. So um, I made a little list so I wouldn't yes. forget any diets. Yeah, <laughs> because oh, you want to name your that's that's where we are yeah (laughs) um so there was the fourth grade one I'm not exactly sure what that was but I know my mom was on Nutrisystem and so I'm sure it had something to do with small portions Mm -hmm. (laughs) um Weight Watchers Mm -hmm. saw a nutritionist at some point diet pills Atkins more Weight Watchers um I did one with you every other day you only eat fruits and vegetables that was terrible wow um, I did a thing called setting captives free, which was basically just fasting and throwing a lot of religious trauma into oh marrying oh, sorry, diet culture. Not. No, it's really terrible. Wait, setting captives free. That's real terrible. Yeah. yeah. That one is a real loaded gun. Um, yeah. I was going to say, we could talk about woo! that for a long <laughs> time. podcast there. <laughs> Um, paleo, Whole30, ended up in sort of a clean eating, eat real food stuff. Yeah. And for me, those things were tied up into guilt about thinking I had messed up a body that God had given me. And so it was sort of a like penance, repentance sort of thing too. Oh, wow. Of like, God gave us this perfect body. Mm-hmm. Look what we've done to it. Now we have to fix it so that we can be good. In the Whoa. eyes of God. In the eyes of God. Right. I understand. Wow. Like, God loves me unconditionally, but I've messed up the body he gave me, and so I have to fix it. Mm-hmm. As I was sort of discovering 
a world without diets and sort of undoing a lot of those messages, one of the first thoughts I had was, why is the church acting like everyone else about this? Mm. Like if, if this body positive community is going to preach like you are completely worthy as a human because you're a human and you exist, like, why is that message not coming from the church? Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was sort of a first little light bulb moment. And also that um, I felt like as a people, we should have been assured of our worthiness, but we were doing the same, if not more, dieting and mm. the same sort of cultural things yes. that everybody else was doing. Right. The other message there is that, like, the way you are is a sin. Mm-hmm. Or you've sinned and this is the consequence, maybe? Well, and it's all wrapped up in self-control, I think. Oh, like yeah, yeah, you yeah. and like discipline. Yes. Um, you're an undisciplined person. Mm-hmm. So therefore you're not you're not seeking to be like God, be like Jesus upright. Right. Because you're you look mm-hmm. undisciplined. Yeah. Also let's just talk about how like what a weird message for the church to have. That's yeah. the Protestant work ethic. That is capitalism. Mm-hmm. We can <laughs> yeah. go back around to that. <laughs> back to your body. Back to my body. Um, then I went to counseling completely unrelated to food. Though That should have been why I was in counseling. But through that, she was trying so hard to help me see that I was beautiful. And she was having me do these exercises and everything that would come up, you know, she'd be like, well, why can't you X, Y, Z? And it would always come back to, well, because I'm, I would never have said fat then. Mm-hmm. Because I'm big, because of my weight. And so she was having me do exercises, like body acceptance exercises, that she would use on someone who had um, amputated a, a limb. Like, that's how severe mm-hmm. my hatred of my body mm-hmm. was. And so with her, I, I had just gotten to the tip of like, well, maybe I'm okay. Yeah. I'm not going to say that I love this body, but like maybe we can at least move on together. <laughs> do you mind sharing what some of those practices were that she had you do? Um, we did some writing, like two different parts of your, my body. Mm-hmm. Um, I think on my own, I sort of took it in an artistic direction. Um, and I like sketched my body, which, you know, standing and looking in the mirror naked is something that everybody should do anyway. And I, I was actually a person that I always did and I, but I would just sort of survey, <laughs> just sort of take it in. It wasn't necessarily positive yeah. what I was getting. It was more of a like, okay, so what are we going to do about this? Mm-hmm. So when I looked and would sort of sketch myself and then I labeled, um, you know, the different part of my body. Um, and there are areas for me that were always easy that I liked. And so then we would come down to the belly and I'd be like, well, you are a belly, (laughs) you know, like I, I couldn't get very far with that. Um, but I think that was sort of the beginning, the turning point of, um, changing my descriptors that I used with myself, thinking of myself as a, um, if I was describing a character in a novel, um, she's warm and soft instead of like mm-hmm. she plops and is heavy foot, you know, like whatever. Yeah. yeah. I just, however you'd want to be described in a novel, I sort of started changing those things. And I love that. That's yeah. great. Yeah. 
I guess in 2016, <clears throat> discovered hiking, and I guess we'll get into this. Get right into it. Get into it. So at the same time, I was reading a ton of books about um, through hiking. And explain what that is. Through hiking is um, specifically the Pacific Coast Trail or the Appalachian Trail, where people take three or four months out of their lives, and they, with all that's on their back, start at point A to get ridiculous numbers of miles um with and there's there's something about reading those stories I would do emotional work as these people were hiking in these books because mm-hmm. you know they come across an injury or an animal I don't know there's just there's so much to unpack when you're right. hiking even if that's just with somebody in a book <laughs> so um as I was reading those books that was actually where I realized all people have physical ailments like one of the reasons I had never hiked was because I get blisters really easily or like I chafe I get really sweaty I get tired plantar fasciitis like list them all but in all of these stories they all had injuries Mm -hmm. and I was like these are people who are walking thousands of miles they're very fit yeah. So to under that was just one of the first revelations was like, oh, all bodies hurt. Mm-hmm. Also, all bodies are gonna hurt when doing something new or yeah. for a long time. Yeah. So and that's fine. And that's just that's part of it. That's just true. Yeah. So from that, I started thinking like maybe I should try hiking because I'd always wanted to hike. Um, I'd done a few like little group things, but. I hated the stress of being the person in the back, of worrying about um, where I was in the group, worrying about breathing really heavily. I mean, like all of it. It was just more stressful than it was worth, so I never did it. So I decided to try solo hiking. Mm -hmm. So for my birthday that year, I went on a hike all by myself. And it was legendary. It was great. Yeah. Um, I think it was like a three mile hike and it ended with this gorgeous waterfall and I just sat there and thought like this, like this is what I wanted, you know? Three miles is a lot for the first hike, right? Honestly, looking back, I haven't done that hike again because it was hard. (laughs) (laughs) And I should It's like blissful ignorance. Yeah, like it was very broody and um, it was long and it was June when I did it. So, I mean, Mm. it wasn't cool outside. Yeah. But I was just like, I had given my per- myself permission to stop when I wanted to stop. Mm, yes. Sit by the river if you want to sit by the river. Yeah. Eat a snack if you want to eat a snack. Mm-hmm. You're in no hurry because you're not with anybody else. Love it. And so I spent the whole morning just trudging, <laughs> trudging through. Um, it was a very empowering experience for me. And I had... Um, I had looked up like how to be a fat hiker essentially before yeah. I went on the hike and I found fat girls hiking. So, which is just a hashtag on Instagram. And I saw, okay, there are other people with bodies like mine that are outside. <laughs> yes. And so I had kind of gone into it knowing like, this is doable because other people are doing it. And also I'm, it's okay if I hurt, mm. I have a body. Yeah. Body's hurt. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and so after that, I, I got a book that was 60 hikes with, or 60 hikes within 60 miles of Nashville. Mm-hmm. And I, 
I don't know how many hikes I did that first year, but like every weekend, every other weekend, I was out hiking. Cool. I like, like that book. Yeah. <laughs> they have them for lots of cities. Yeah, I need um, to find one for my city. Yeah, so it just like was a, a place to start, and it gave you all the information. You just, yeah, that turned into a hiker. And those were all solo hikes? You were doing those on your own? Um, yeah, I would always, there were a couple of people I would take back to a spot, but I would never take them with the me first the first time because I didn't want to be responsible for their misery. <laughs> uh, so, But for the most part, they were solo. Yeah. Which I learned, like, I would... Every hike, I would come away with some wisdom or some revelation. And so that was where I did a lot of my processing for all of the body stuff. Were they usually, so they were usually like thoughts or new beliefs about your body that you would? Um, I remember like the birthday one. It was Mm -hmm. like there were these really rooty spots and um, I was like, am I on the right path? Like Mm. surely a path is like a little more pathy than this. I mean, like, <laughs> like have I gotten off trail? <laughs> and so then it's just easy to connect that to, like, parts of the path are hard. Like, they're not always perfectly laid out. And, like, you can kind of just see the footprints of the person who, like, crawled over before you, and you're like, well, somebody went through here, like, this is hard, but I can go through here. And so it was just my connection with nature really started to flourish Mm. when I was hiking. And you ended at a waterfall. I did end at a waterfall. Tell me about that. Did you know there was going to be a waterfall on that hike? Did it, like, tell you, or was that a surprise to you? Oh, I totally knew there was a waterfall. I was like, this is going to be the payment for all of my labor. (laughs) (laughs) And that particular hike, now I know you can skip the whole hike, and you can just go to the waterfall, so that's usually what I do now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, it was, like, the water was high, and it was, like, it's just an epic place. It's Old Stone Fort, in case anybody okay. needs to go there. But there's just, like, flat rocks that are just inviting you to sit there. I had my journal, and I took all these pictures with my little sneakers just, you know, sitting on the edge. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was just, like, I did that. Yeah. 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 What point did you become an ambassador for Fat Girls Hiking? Well, after that hike, um, I had started posting pictures of myself with a hashtag. And so Summer from Bad Girls Hiking, she reposted one of my posts. Um, she had inboxed me and said, hey, we would love to you know, feature you. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm like so famous now. <laughs> but just about anybody who uses the hashtag, you can also be featured on Bad Girls Hiking. <laughs> Not to diminish that. No, it's amazing. Proud moment. But, yeah, yeah, it's great to just be featured among all these amazing people who were doing the same thing. And so um, Summer ended up coming to Tennessee for a hike. I also had gone to Portland and hiked with Summer. And this is where, that's where it started, correct? It did start in Portland, um, I think around 2014 or 15. And so just getting to meet Summer and just an instant connection, just a like-minded soul, you know, yeah. of another fellow fat hiker. Um, so we had met and we had talked about, um, opening different chapters. And so we had talked about it long before it actually happened, but we finally, this January, we had our first hike and we had a huge turnout and it's like Nashville's ready. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really excited about 
growing that community and um, letting it be not just a place to hike, but an actual like safe spot for people to just come and be without diet culture and without all of that pressure. Yes. So who is Fat Girls Hiking for and what are the rules? Fat Girls Hiking is for everybody, like every body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, um, we aim to be a place for anybody in marginalized bodies, um, whether that be um, a body that needs more accessibility access, yeah. a fat body, um, an injured body, all bodies. And um, that's for any of those people and anybody that would call themselves an ally. And so we ask on any of our hikes or in any of our communities that it be a place of no body shame, no diet talk, yes. none of the, no phobias, no transphobia, no racism, classism, ageism, all those things. We just try to check at the door as much as humanly possible yeah. um, and just let it be a safe space where you can go at your own pace. We try to go at the pace of the slowest hiker um, and really just... I know it's just a safe space to exist yeah without the usual pressure of any other outdoor or like fitness mm-hmm. physical space so you recently went to utah i went to utah okay so 2019 for me has been a year of being uncomfortable and putting myself into places that i'm not sure are ready for me yet mm-hmm. yeah. um because for about three years, I've been working on myself internally, sort of hibernated, did a lot of inner work. Um, and then as you sort of solidify into yourself, you kind of branch out into your safe people yeah. and then you can totally be your real self with your safe people. And this year I thought, okay, like it's time to venture out into the skinny world. <laughs> <laughs> and so for me, um, that was a couple of things. It was branching out into a fitness environment again. Yeah. Shout out, get fit six one five. Hey, and finding myself among people who are not just fat. I have two amazing fat roommates. I have like fat support all over the world. Love it. <laughs> um, but it's it's triggering to sort of go into an environment where you're not sure if it's going to be everything you remembered it as, or if mm. you know. Yeah. What are you scared of when you go into that sort of environment? Um, the judgment of other people as, as a nine with the conflict thing, I want, I'm afraid of a conflict happening. Mm. Um, someone actually saying something to me and me having to think of what words to say, being in this new place where before I would have bowed my head and been like, Oh yes, I'm a terrible human and I should be full of shame. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, I was with them, you know, I literally thought those things. Um, So now it's more anxiety of like, what would I say if somebody made a comment to me or, you know, didn't respect my body in this place? Yeah. So I did a lot of research and I knew that Get Fit 615 was, at least it seemed to be a pretty safe place. Yes. Well, the reason that I sought out Get Fit 615 was because I saw um, a post about Myrna Valerio co-hosting a retreat in Utah if you don't know about Myrna, look her up immediately. She's the Myrnavator, and she is a large black ultra marathoner 
which is just she's wow. so badass. And so ultra, <laughs> ultra marathoning is, is not just a marathon, but it's like fifty miles, like more than that, wow. lots of miles. Fifty might be the lowest an ultra marathon is, I think. Oh wow! I think they can, yeah. I've known people who have like lots of K's, in, you know, yeah. the K's are just, in like a day over days, um, like a week, like several days. You kind of camp, sleep, run, don't sleep, recharge, run, 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 trail running. Yeah. It's very awful. intense. <laughs> it really? It, yeah. I am good for the people who are yes, very motivated and yes. love to do that. I'm so glad that you yeah. found something that, that you that love, love it, people. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciate my snail pace. Like, I'm not trying to pick up the pace and run. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. Not. Yeah. So I um, had, I think I found Myrna because her blog at one time was Fat Girl Running. And so obvious correlation to Fat Girls Hiking. And so she wrote a book and um, it's called A Beautiful Work in Progress. And I got to go to a book signing of hers and meet her and I got to say hey I'm a fat girl's hiking and so we had this little bonding moment um and she signed my book we moved on <laughs> I'm sure she didn't think about me again but um when she posted this retreat that they were doing I was like I have to go to this this is the thing because I knew it would be safe-ish because she was there right. and the crowd that she would attract um and so I signed up for this thing I put this huge deposit down and then I decided to look at the hikes they did the previous <laughs> year and it is then that I decided I might need a personal trainer <laughs> <laughs> and so that's how I found um, Get Fit 615 um, and sort of branched back into the world of training Yeah. because previously that would have been a very um, punishing situation uh, you know doing penance trying to change my weight and this time it was much more about uh, working on balance and right. strength and endurance like all things that are very practical in mm -hmm. doing hikes <laughs> so um, I went to Utah and I met the Mernovator and got to hang out with her and hike with her and she's great um, I met a lot of really amazing women out there um, my going was twofold. It was for myself, obviously, to kind of grow in that new environment. And it was also to just sort of show up and be a cool fat lady. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it was, I achieved both of those things. Um, I made people cry. I <laughs> cried. <laughs> so I really, um, I just wanted to be in a space and talk to people like I do my fat roommates and talk about oh um that shirt's really cool yeah I don't think that comes in my size or yes. um I need to sit in this seat in the van because I know that the seatbelt will buckle here yes and like being proactive for myself which I never did before way to go and even if people were mildly uncomfortable <laughs> sorry yeah. it's mildly uncomfortable to be a fat person uh -huh. in this world yes. so um but yeah just being my full self um, yeah. in a group of people that I did not know before I got there. Yeah. Okay, so there are definitely spaces that I've been in. Uh, airplanes come to mind. Oh, my God. But honestly, even just, like, at friends' houses sometimes, like, oh, am I going to break this chair or am I going to be comfortable in this? And 
I think every, like you said, you know, some people might be uncomfortable for you to be up front and ask for what you need. Um, what I think is so interesting about that is that we don't do that with tall people. We joke about it like, oh my gosh, you're so tall. Like, let me give you this chair or let me, you have this seat in the car or like. For your leg room. Yeah. Like it's just a given that like, of course you want to be comfortable. But my own feelings as a fat person in those situations is like, well, um, everyone thinks that this is my fault. So I have to suffer through being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And it's literally just asking to be able to be a human and be comfortable in your body. Like it's, I don't know why I have to justify it in my mind so often Mm -hmm. that it's okay to stand up for myself and ask for what I need. But I don't think that it's uncommon Mm -hmm. for fat people to feel that way. Well, I mean, a seatbelt in a car is literally a safety issue. Yes. And so there have been so many times where I would just sit in the back seat with no seatbelt because I didn't even want to try. I didn't want other people to know that it might not. Yeah, so I'm yep. just it's cool. I'm fine. I don't, mm. I don't need it. Yeah. Speaking of seatbelts, feel free to be your own advocate. And when you walk on the plane, ask for your seatbelt extender first thing. And everyone on Southwest, which is what I flew this trip, they were like, "Sure, great. Let me get you that right now, yeah, so that we don't have to. If you don't have to wait for it." I've started doing that too. I said it. It was funny. A woman in front of me asked for one. And so I kind of turned around and was like, oh, I can I have one too? And the woman who asked for it was like, she looked at me and she goes, oh, you don't need one. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny how people really want to tell you about your own body sometimes. Well, and also it's a comfort issue. I used to, you know, make it fit. Yes. To where, I mean, that's a long time to sit and not be able to move at all mm-hmm. with that kind of like constriction. Yeah. And so if for nothing else now, I'm just like, I want to be comfortable. Yeah. Like the other people with eight inches of extra seatbelt mm-hmm. space over there. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, any stories about you two? You two? Oh my gosh. You two, you two, you ta. Um, you <laughs> <laughs> So random. I know that's why. Anyway. Um, the first two days, I guess really the first 24 hours were probably the hardest because I was projecting so much on other people. Mm. Literally nobody said anything to me. <laughs> no one looked at me wrong. Um, the retreat leader was very accommodating and doing different levels and options for people. Um, there were other people there with, with injuries. We have, were separate. Like We had a slow group and a fast group. I mean, it was very... Everything was fine. Yeah. (laughs) But I was not fine. (laughs) Um, So I just wanted to cry like the entire first 24 hours, which is not my usual uh, response to things. And so um, Saturday morning we went on this hike as a big group and I was just so stressed out by the group dynamic. And I thought like, why am I even doing this? Because I'm not enjoying nature at all. (laughs) Like I'm so worried about measuring where I am in the piece of the group that, um, like this isn't enjoyable. And so we're taking all these pictures. We have a professional photographer, which also stressed me out because, you know, pictures. And I remember catching myself thinking, I don't want to ruin these pictures for people. 
which once I identified it, I was like, okay. Let's yeah, sometimes sit you with have that to like, say it out loud to really hear what well, you're Well, I realized when I was packing for the trip, I was very anxious and I was very angry about um, options of athletic wear for fat people, yeah. which is worth being angry about. Yes. But it's not something that was new to me. I was like, why am I suddenly so angry about ah. this? And then I realized it's because I wanted to look cute in the pictures. Yes. And, this, and that's okay. And, then, and I did look cute in the pictures. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I even took some jumping pictures. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so on that hike, um, we get up to a point where we have to like go up the sand dune. And I thought, momentum-wise, I'm not actually sure if my body's going to go up this. <laughs> so I get up to the top. I'm tired and thirsty and just like very emotionally overwhelmed. And everyone's just sitting there enjoying this. It's just, you know, there's snacks in these rocks. And I'm thinking... <laughs> I'm going to have to live here. Like, I'm moving to this spot because I'm not coming off of this mountain. I'm not going back down that sand thing. I'm not sure who's going to bring me resources, but I live here now. <laughs> and I was at that... Somebody gave me a change of address for yeah. <laughs> I was at that point where... Um, if someone looked at me, talked to me, or I had to look at someone else or talk to them, that I was going to burst into tears. Yeah. And so I waited for everyone to kind of go down on their merry way. And um, Myrna looked at me and she said, okay, you ready? And I was like, I think I have to cry for a minute. And she yeah. said, okay, do what you need to do. And I sat on that rock and I bawled for probably three minutes. And then I was perfectly fine. It's like my body was saying, hey, we're trying to give you dopamine to yes. get you through the rest of this day. <laughs> if you would just cry, you would be totally fine. Uh-huh. And so I just was able to sort of release all of that stress that I'd been carrying. That's beautiful. And then we got yeah. to go and enjoy this waterfall. And I'm so glad that I, I chose to cry on that rock. Because <laughs> if I hadn't, like the whole hike would have been um, sort of clouded with. You would just, just try, yeah. and try and not cry. to cry. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. yeah. And so um, it was great. And then coming back out, I was sort of at the front of the slow group. And so I actually felt like I was hiking. I felt like. You know, I'm able to take in the scenery, which is unbelievable. Southern mm -hmm. Utah is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that was probably the most dramatic uh, or sort of pivotal moment where I was like, it's okay. Just like let this out. It's Yeah. Your body's telling you that it needs yep. to cry. Like, just go ahead and cry. Emotions pass. Yeah. And couldn't we just like everybody in the world learn, we need that lesson? Uh, to, yeah. I mean, do you know like yeah. how important it is to regardless of. What, how, what your size is or whatever mm -hmm. it just to listen to your body mm -hmm. like we are so disconnected from our bodies you mm -hmm. know yeah and how important that is to and that's I'm I'm like so moved she's like okay cry like yes so quickly to give yes. not just to go is that what you need then do that and without any judgment without any she just, didn't touch ahead, me it. she didn't try to ask what's the matter she just said do what you need to do yeah yes. and I, that was the only response that would have been acceptable that yeah time. yes <laughs> Well, and I think what was hard for me in that moment was I couldn't have verbalized what was wrong. Right. Um, I just knew that I needed to cry and that I had needed to cry for probably 24 hours. Yeah. But I'd, my brain hadn't caught up to why yet. Um, and so then after I was able to process why and realizing, like, it's my own internalized fat phobia that's mm. causing this. Oh, yes. Yeah. And so I made a post on Instagram. And then after that, um, a lot of the women at the retreat read it, and it was sort of a turning point um, where people felt a connection to me, and we were able to, like, 
open up a lot more conversations and yeah. I guess maybe they saw me as a human. Yeah. You know, with feelings and right, thoughts. Right. Not that they were on purpose thinking that before, but just like, well, what do I have in common with this person? Sure. We are always othering people. Yeah. And yeah, I think I've felt that before as a fat person. Yeah. The other super cool place we went to was called Snow Canyon. Mm-hmm. And so before I came on this trip, I think it was in Shrill, the book, she talks about the different shapes of nature and like how we appreciate all these crazy shapes in nature, but we expect bodies to be a very certain way. Mm. And so I, going into this trip, was like, I want to find a rock that looks like a fat belly. Like, I want to. (laughs) So we pull into this canyon, and I almost lost my mind because it was a valley, like a canyon of belly rolls. It was like we were sitting on the belly of the earth. I mean, with ripples and, like, stretch mark rock cracks. I mean, I was just like, I cannot believe this. So we got to... um, do yoga on like belly roll rocks do you have a picture i do have a picture i'm gonna have to look at that later sorry listeners (laughs) we'll put it on instagram yeah 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 Yeah. and i just like moving my body in a way that yoga encourages which is just so body you know yeah (laughs) it's very body what do you mean I mean, I'm the most aware of my body and my um, place in my body. Mm. Like, I feel the most full of my body. Mm. Like, I'm taking up all the spaces in it. Yes. um, When I'm doing some sort of yoga or stretching. And so, we talked about before my connection with um, any pose that has open heart or hands raised in, like, a powerful position. So, to, like, do a powerful hands overhead open position on these belly rocks I mean I was just like crying (laughs) but it was cool because I was able to um to talk with some of the women about like how powerful that was to me to be standing on a belly rock which of course they didn't connect it to bellies at all but I was like look this looks like a belly and so yeah um that was probably place wise like my absolute favorite place that we went Thank you so much for being here. I have learned so much. Like, I'm so excited to go see if there's a chapter where I live in Virginia. Because, fun fact, I don't live in Nashville, unfortunately. Yeah. And um, and it's been so great to hear your story. And I hope that um, everyone listening has learned along with us various things. Yeah. I love the chance to sort of share where I've been because I wish that somebody had told a story like this. Yes. When I was younger. Our stories matter. Stories are powerful and they're important, and when you're willing to share the details of them, they can reach so many people. Yeah. Let's talk about snacks, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the salty things <laughs> and the sweet things yeah. that we eat. Let's, Let's talk, talk about, about snacks. snacks. Hey, this is the section where we talk about what snacks we eat just to normalize normal eating without restriction. Kendra, what snack are you into? I don't remember. Well, <laughs> Kendra, I'll tell you, you're really into 
Fiji or pink crisp apple. Oh my word, yes. Okay. Can we talk about how many apples there are at Kroger to choose from? So many. Too many, many too in my many, opinion. In my opinion. It's such a 1% problem. But anyways, yeah, I am obsessed. I know I've been a Fiji. Fuji. <laughs> Sorry, let me finish. Okay. <laughs> I've, been a, I've been a lover of the, the place Fiji. Uh-huh. The water. I've heard Which has led me to really enjoy Fuji. Uh-huh. Sure. Like my whole life. I was just like, all I ever one day, they didn't have them. I had to get um, pink crisp apples. And the only reason I got pink crisp was because they were located right next to where the Fuji apples were supposed yes. to be. Yes. And now I won't go back. Life changed. Okay. No more Fujis? Mm-hmm. I mean, if I have to, but I am here for a pink crisp apple. Have you had a honey crisp? Yeah. I like this. Sure. I, to eat your own. I'm learning. I'm obsessed with a pink crisp. Like, didn't, have never heard of a honey crisp. They're very, very watery. I mean, okay. like, juicy. Like, very crisp. Very crisp. The crisp. Now, if I'm making an apple pie, I like a golden. Oh. Don't ask me why, but I do. It's just a better pie flavor, I guess. I think so. They're not as tart, I think. In this household, we do Fuji's or Gala's. I don't know the name of pretty much any other <laughs> apple other than Granny Smith. But I'll tell you this. If I get an apple that's not Fuji or Gala, Gala, you know. I know it because it's mealy. I yep. don't like a mealy apple. I don't like the dark red apples. No, they're too mealy. Mm. <laughs> not here for that. No. Do you know what I'm not picky about? My peanut butter. Okay. As long as it's creamy. Does it need to be peanut? I mean, it doesn't need to be, but it's what I have. So oh, it's which, normally what I get. No crunchy. I mean, I don't care crunchy, but if I'm dipping an apple in, that's my crunch. I'll tell you what, so I am picky. Creamy. I Are am picky, picky on the peanut butter. I like a natural that's mm. like no sugar in it, mm-hmm. where you got to stir it up. Sorry, it's it's likes. a lot of, you know, you're really involved in it, but it's delicious. <laughs> also, well, really, oh, wait, let me just one up you. I like, to, <laughs> I like to go to the store that doesn't have packaging. Mm. Where you have to make it and bring your you own make your jar. own peanut you grind butter. You grind it up. Listen, we're making fun. Eat whatever peanut butter you want. But yeah. I just really don't care what kind. I, I just love peanut butter so it much. Too. I will. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Natural. Hand cranked it myself. Kroger <laughs> brand. I don't care. Picked the peanuts. Took them home. Stomped them. <laughs> yeah. Made also, peanut butter. You know what? Thank you, George Washington Carver. Yeah. Why? Because <laughs> he's the one that did a lot of work with peanuts. peanuts. He kind of created okay. them. He created peanuts? Well, he, he, he made peanuts what they are. <laughs> he made them what they are today, what we know them as. Okay. Well, I'm not thanks. kidding. You didn't know that? Of course not. I wow. I don't know those types of details about food. Now, this is not George Washington. This is George Washington Carver. Carver. Okay. Uh-huh. I did know that. Okay. Yeah. So, Amy, but for anyone who didn't, I'm glad you cleared yeah. up for that. You're welcome. <laughs> Amy, what's your favorite snack? Um, I will take any sort of cheese for a snack at yeah. any time. Um, but my go-to snack is plain popcorn with orange juice. Now, that's where I lose most people. Yeah. <laughs> they say no, but to me, the tart of the orange juice with the salty of the popcorn is perfect. It's sort of a family thing. Okay. I've learned no one else does that. I just want to encourage you to try. What happened the first time you were with some, like, somebody not in your family and you had that as a snack? I mean, my roommates all the time are like, what is wrong with you? Because I'll say, oh, I really want popcorn. 
I don't have any orange juice. And I will just forego the popcorn because I don't have the orange juice. But did you think it was just like a family, like we just do this in I guess I just didn't know. I don't know why people wouldn't want right. salty and sour together. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to try it. I'm upset by a couple oh, things. <laughs> I am upset by the lack of butter on the popcorn. Okay. Well, I, I need well. a lot of butter. And the other thing I'm upset with. I'm not really. I'm, I'm not really upset. I I can't imagine having orange juice with it. So good. Yeah. My favorite snacks, everyone who was wondering. I was wondering. Wait, Thank let you. me ask you. Yeah. Okay, Megan. Um, we need to know what is your favorite snack. I'm so glad you asked. Okay, so this isn't my favorite, but it's definitely a go-to, and that's Cheez-Its. Now, listen. I do not want this white cheddar shit. I don't want this like extra burnt <gasps> stuff. Stop. I know. No, I know. Stop it about that. I want a classic cheese it. I don't want reduced fat because that one doesn't, it's like cardboard. Yeah, that is kind of ridiculous. Listen, to each their own. I guess. But if we're going to be friends, yeah. can't be dissing the extra toasty cheese it. It's just literally the best. Slightly burnt anything is better. Toast, bagels. Popcorn. Okay, here's the real question though. I have a friend who only likes a fresh Cheez It. Like Mm. she claims they taste better freshly opened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Oh yeah, they get stale for sure. Yeah, see we totally agree about that. (laughs) You might want to finish it in one sitting. Yeah. yeah. For the freshest. As a nanny, I I classify that as a child snack and has lost its appeal. (laughs) Okay. Interesting. Oh, we've deleted your episode accidentally. I'm sorry. What a wrong opinion. <laughs> no. What about goldfish? goldfish that's the cheese. Here's for the kids. real yeah. truth. Goldfish. They're just around me all the time. They've lost their personal appeal to me. Right, right. We don't have to like the same thing. You know, that's an interesting um, concept called habituation. Truly. Which is very important in the world of intuitive eating. Absolutely. We might revisit it in a, in a later episode. We might, yeah. All right. And this has been Snacks Baby. Okay, we have come to the part in our podcast where we talk about the joyful ways that we like to move. Yeah. And we thought, what better thing to talk about than our favorite hikes? Yep. I have so many. Mine has a waterfall, too. I've gone on it, like, five times now, always by myself. I go in the morning because there's less people on the trail. Mm-hmm. And it's usually not as hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One time I got stuck in the rain on it, and it was kind of, like, the best experience. Aww. It was so beautiful. It's in Virginia, so... Um, and what's funny is I would get up there and they have, it's like they have all this place to sit and they even have like a little thing they've made out of the side of the rock where you can sit. Like they've carved it out, this little area and built like a deck kind of on top of it. And it's always fun to people watch because I live in a college town. There's a lot of college students that will come up to this hike and they bring their dogs and they like get in the water, which I will not do because that seems very dangerous to me. And I'm alone on the hike, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but I love it so much. And one time I was on the hike, and the first time I ever went on the hike, 
Um, I had no idea what to expect, how hard it was going to be, any of that stuff. But I was like, I'm just doing it. I've got all the time in the world. I've got nowhere to be. So I'm going, going, going. And I got to a point where I was like, I am not going to make it to the waterfall. This is not going to happen. And I was like, just sit down. And I wasn't in a spot where you could like easily just sit down. (laughs) The trail wasn't that big in the moment where I was. There wasn't like a rock to the side to sit on or like a slope. So I literally just sat down in the middle of the (laughs) way and breathed it out. And about 10 minutes later, I was fine. And I finished the rest of the hike. And I'll never forget. It's my favorite moment on the hike every time. You come up to, you kind of, you've kind of done all the work. You're like, you're at the very, almost to the end. And there's this massive boulder that you have to go just around. And it's the first time you see the waterfall. Mm. And it is magical every time. There's never a time that I don't, and I've done it like five times that. There's never a time that I don't get to that spot and stop. Yeah. And just take it in. I don't even care if there are people behind me because it's not like a very big, I'm like, go ahead. There's enough room for you. And you know, um, oh, it's just like the most, you know, and then it just gets bigger and bigger as you get closer to it. It's it's so beautiful. Anyway, I adore it so much. Isn't it like at a state park or something? I don't remember. Wow. I love it so much. (laughs) Look at below. Um, yeah, it's magical. What about you, Amy? It's hard to say favorites. Basically, if it has a waterfall or wildflowers, I'm 100% there. Mm-hmm. And like you, the anticipation of any hike where you're just like, I hear water. Yeah. I hear water. Where is it? And then when you turn whatever, like, corner or vista, you know, yeah. you're just like, oh, my God, I made it and it's here. Yes. I mentioned in, before, but Old Stone Fort. Okay. Excellent, excellent waterfall. You can do the hike part or for very little walking you can do the trail in reverse and just enjoy the waterfall um, manchester in general has beautiful waterfalls um, machine falls it's another really great one and it has wildflowers is that in michigan oh it's machine falls oh <laughs> i don't know why it's called machine, machine falls either falls. i heard michigan falls which is why <laughs> so you're probably like no megan it's <laughs> not in michigan it's in manchester <laughs> as i just literally said Cool. <clears throat> My favorite hike. <laughs> no, um, this fall I went on a trip with my mom to Sedona, Arizona, and the Grand Canyon and Lake Powell. It was one of the most incredible trips I've ever been on. Um, obviously, the Grand Canyon was just, like, overwhelming. Lake Powell was incredible. We went into a, a slot canyon. But I really think my favorite part was the Red Rocks, just like hiking around. It seemed like there was, there. it didn't seem like it, there were views 300, like you could just turn in a circle mm-hmm. and everywhere you turned there were Red Rock formations and it just was so beautiful and so unlike the nature that I live in every day. Like it's such a different environment and um, I don't know, I felt very... I felt very in tune with myself and nature. That sounds cheesy, but it's how I felt. So you started to tell us a story, and we thought, <laughs> we've got to get our mics on this one. What happened at your birthday party? A couple of years ago, I decided to have a contemporary dance birthday party. Yes. And a friend of mine and I, we took private lessons, and we learned a routine. And we performed at my birthday party. Now, remember, I wanted to do dance stuff when I was a kid. And I was like, 
No way I can fit in the uniforms. Mm. Uniforms? <clears throat> Costumes. 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 <laughs> um, so I was like, I had I've done swing dance for decades, um, but I was like, now's the time. I'm going to do this contemporary dance. And so we did our performance. What was the song? Oh, I don't know. I'll tell you later. Okay. <laughs> but then my good-natured friends also learned a piece of a new song, and we um, all performed it. Oh, my God. My good-natured friends. Thank you, friends. Was this, like, as you're doing this, are you laughing? Are you taking it seriously? Oh, no, I'm dead serious. You're dead serious. <laughs> Love it. People in the back, my good-natured friends, they're just, they're good, good people, and they know how much I love it, and so they were doing it. I wasn't honestly even paying attention to them. Yes. I was so into, like, the moves and what was happening. I love, yeah. love that. So Dance East in okay. Nashville. Yes. Um, Lindsay was my instructor. She does contemporary every week. They have hip hop. Um, it's open level. As a fat person, I felt like, well, here I am. I mean, I didn't really care. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. I think it's kind of like with Zumba or anything else. People are so focused on what they are doing and trying yeah. to get the moves that they're not really worried about exactly. what other people are doing. Right. Except for that one guy that always shows up in Zumba on the front row, and then you do watch him. But. <laughs> Is this that one guy in general, or is there that an actual one guy, one guy? You know, I know that one guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. But yeah, if you want to explore contemporary dance, it was great. Cool. Absolutely great. And now for our fat-friendly Hall of Fame, where we celebrate people who are fighting diet culture. Today, we induct Myrna Valerio, Dolly Parton, Jamila Jamil, and our guest, Amy Pratt. These are the people we've been waiting for. We are the people we've been waiting for. Thank you so much for listening, and make sure you check out episode three. It will release on May 24th. Our guest is Sarah Jane Chapman, who is a Nashville-based yogi who specializes in trauma-informed yoga. We talked a lot about our privilege as white women and our deep love of cookie butter. Hashtag TJ's for life, but like hashtag TJ, the number four, life, L-Y-F-E. Got it, everybody? Got Let's it. Let's make a trend. Let's make it trend. Yes. Hey, Kendra, what is uh, your secret weapon? I don't know what you mean, Megan. Like, my secret weapon is that I'm really good at making music playlists for people. Ooh, you are really good at that. Thank you. Hmm, that's hard. Mine, I think, is probably that I never wash my face and have perfect skin. Whoa. You heard it here first, the new trend. Don't wash your face. Your skin will thank you. Don't do that, actually. Kendra's just blessed no. with good genes. I also don't wear makeup, so that helps. Yeah. Well, we have found out that the secret weapon of podcasters are ratings and reviews on iTunes, and we want to tell you how to do that. If you open up your iTunes podcast, search for Nobody Asked For This, and there's a big 
purple button that says subscribe, go ahead and hit that. Scroll on down until you see some stars. Now listen, don't be like my mom and try to tap every star individually. You might accidentally <laughs> leave a one-star rating. And we would love a five-star rating if you would be willing to give it to us. Just tap on that fifth star, keep scrolling on down, and you'll see an option to write a review. It could be one sentence. It could be like, hey, this is a podcast, period. Or if you like it more that... Or you could add you could add adjectives in there. This is a... Like, this is a great podcast. Right. Or this is a lovely podcast mm-hmm. or funny podcast yeah this podcast has changed my life (laughs) something something like that yeah we would appreciate it I don't know what I would do without these two women and their podcast (laughs) (laughs) okay thanks bye bye